0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 and our final episode of this series of For the Love of Books Library Plus podcast. I'm Jo.
1: And I'm still Phil.
0: (laughs) And we're joined by another variety of guests today which is brilliant. We're actually at Burton Latimer Library here in the north of the county which is a community managed library and we're going to be joined by Maggie, Jane and Rachel who deliver a lot of the children's events and Heidi the library manager. Absolutely. We're also going to be talking to a local author later.
1: Yes, I know, and I've read the book this time as well.
0: But first, let's speak to the ladies at Burton. We are joined by Maggie, Jane and Rachel. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. So, Rachel, I believe that you're the lead on the children's activities here at Burton Latimer. That's right, yeah. What have you got going on? So today, it's the calm
2: before the storm of our Hmm. second uh, family drop-in session, which is for families with children under five. Um, we do two sessions a week on a wednesday morning and then we also do an under one session on a friday afternoon Mm -hmm. um and yeah they've both really grown over the last we haven't been doing them for a year yet and they've really really grown they've become quite a a central part of the community because people have missed not having anything through covid COVID, and we hear people saying all the time how much they are thankful that there is something in the town that they can go to that that isn't expensive and that is in a safe place yeah that's it's really brought important. a lot of families into the library and without Maggie and Jane we wouldn't be able to do it at all so. I
1: see how popular it is when I've <laughs> called in <laughs> yes. uh, if I've coincided with mm. um with any of your events mm. massively popular so yes. well done
0: mm. yeah, well, yeah. good fun so Maggie and Jane you're the volunteers that staff these sessions aren't you? Yes (laughs) great fun. So what made you get involved with volunteering here?
3: I I just love the thought of having the library here and we missed it all missed it so much during lockdown it's uh, just so great to have it here and to be able to have the children coming along and getting to spend time around books and being with books and it's just fun being with the
0: children seeing them grow and change and grow up. Absolutely, I remember when I used to do Ryan Time sessions, you'd see them develop over the weeks and, yes. you know, shy children might not engage and then gradually they get more confident, yes. it's so yes. lovely to see yes. it. Yes. yes. And what about you Jane, Is the same sort of reasons? Yeah, same reasons, I found I had a lot of time on my hands and wanted to do
3: something useful and, yeah uh Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. sessions. It's mm-hmm. lovely being with children, as Maggie says. Yeah, and you see them develop and uh, get to know them, their little characters, and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and see them coming out of their shells. Yes, yes. really and they're lovely. so
0: important for yeah. developing yeah. literacy skills as well. Mm-hmm. For when they're older, learning to read, the work you guys are doing now at this mm-hmm. age is is the foundations for when they start learning yeah. to read. It's yes. brilliant. Mm-hmm.
1: And you have a good volunteer group as well here, don't you? So it's not no. just the ones that work with you. No, no, no. no, I've, no, no. I've met other the volunteers you have and you have such a buzz here with your with your volunteers
2: we're really thankful for every one of them because they've all got something different that they can bring to the library and that's what makes it work I think you know three of us are paid staff Mm. um, but we couldn't do the volume of work that we do without the volunteers they really are what keep the library going Mm. um, in terms of their dedication and their commitment which it makes such a difference to what we can then offer the community, mm. um, and we know that it is sustainable because we don't, we didn't ever want to be a flash in the pan that kind of burnt really brightly for five minutes, and then, long term, we couldn't keep things going because that's not fair to anybody mm. and so without the volunteers we we would really be stuck
0: yeah and, and that's the same across all the libraries mm-hmm. in the county exactly. regardless yes. whether it community is. managed yes. or or yeah. council yeah. managed we really do value yeah. the volunteers yeah. Yes. completely yeah. yeah yeah
2: and
1: Heidi your manager here mm. is, she appears to be that glue that kind of holds you together What's is that yes. a way to put it every yes. time I've I've yes. seen yes. her and yeah. seen her with you mm. she she's very good at mm-hmm. becoming yes. the, you know yes. making you feel part of that yeah. team that yeah. you are yeah. absolutely
2: yeah yeah, she really is, she gives us the freedom to be responsive to what the community wants and that's a real privilege I think rather than um, having come from a background of statutory services having to provide X, Y and Z, we are now able to, to do it also the opposite way round and that's that's quite liberating and it, it's nice to be responsive mm. so for example several parents had mentioned that they were anxious about their children starting reception mm. so through the summer we've had saturday morning meetups for families that are going to the local schools that's great so they idea. could come in and, and meet other families other children and just bridge that that gap mm. and and we've got the freedom to do that we can respond to what people are, are needing mm. um which is it's just amazing yeah and
1: that is your background isn't it mm. kind of Rachel but mm-hmm. I mean Maggie and Jane that you're, you're not from a kind of children's services background
2: not
3: really because um, I started working in volunteering in the library just to, to, just to work with the books and things which I love because I love books but um, I, the, the chance was there to, to work with the children and, and it, it was just a new opportunity to do something a bit different but the volunteering thing works both ways because as volunteers we get so much out of volunteering and it's a great group of volunteers and we've all made new friends haven't we? and got to know other people and so it, it, there's a lot that the volunteers get out of it as well so it works both ways but because we've got such a good team managing the library that's how we can volunteer and, and, and get a lot back and it helps a lot of people. Cool. I don't know if you can hear,
1: but you've just got a <laughs> round of applause for <laughs> that statement. very volunteering! It's the one thing I always notice when I come here is it's not a quiet library. There's always, <laughs> something, there's always going on. something going on. Uh, we were singing the Womble song five <laughs> yeah. minutes ago, was, which I yes. never thought we'd be doing <laughs> eight o'clock this morning uh, <laughs> no. when I left home.
2: No that was somebody just finishing the summer reading challenge so we always make a big fuss every time somebody finishes we, we go completely overboard and make a big <laughs> oh, fuss because it's a fantastic
0: achievement. It is, that's really yeah. good. So I know that you're obviously mainly involved in children's activities mm-hmm. but what have you got happening in Burton Latimer for adults? Oh lots. Yeah I mean I know that there's a
2: Scrabble group going on as we there speak. Is. Yeah we, we have a Scrabble group this afternoon we have a craft group um and then the second Wednesday afternoon of the month we have a singing group which is amazing (laughs) we also have a walk two walking groups that meet here so we have a lot of services that come in and use the building and Mm. offer things to the community Um, we have coffee mornings we have uh, we open late on a Thursday night so we have a program of events to support well-being of people in the town so we have people that come in for mind we have bereavement counsellor we have people who do holistic and well-being therapies that come in Um, we have all sorts going on Um, we have a book club uh, there's there's always something going on we have supporting independents that come in we have links to the social prescriber that's part of the doctor's surgery so she comes in and so we've got a lot of things that we can refer people to mm. and it takes a while to get your head around who's where and does what <laughs> but but yeah it's always busy there's something on every day mm. of the
0: week Um sometimes three or four things on every day of the week and it's lovely. And I know you said that you've got those specific services coming in to mm. help with well-being, but everything that you've just mentioned and, and the children's events as well it, that all about well-being well, isn't it because well. making those connections that you said particularly mm. like with the school you've mentioned through volunteering connecting and and feeling part of something and you can't help smiling sitting here because you can hear everything and you've all been so welcoming to us mm. today so yeah. I know what it must be like for the customers
1: every time, A- every time and it I've just come it here. just lifts you yeah. doesn't it yeah
0: no it's great
2: it I mean some days you you we we come out of here and we're on our knees because it's been full on <laughs> yeah from the moment the doors open to the moment they close and it is very full on and some days can be very intense mm. but every day there is something that brings us joy or mm. that brings us just a sense of accomplishment that mm. we've got the doors open and we're keeping the doors open and that people are still coming in and they still want to come in and some days we don't even touch a book no <laughs> um and and some days that's all we do yeah and and it's lovely. It's a an amazing place to work oh
0: it really is that's brilliant and an amazing place to visit and find out yeah. what they've got going on it sounds like something definitely for everybody here
1: you'll get a warm welcome i guarantee yeah. it and a nice cup of in. tea
0: yeah.
2: always on. <laughs> absolutely we do a good line in biscuits <laughs> and toast for the children indeed
0: <laughs> well thank you everyone <laughs> So we were just talking about Heidi, the library manager here at Burton and what a brilliant role she does to hold this all together and she's now joined us because she's going to do our 30 second selling a bit. <laughs> so
4: what, what is your role here? So my role here is um, to hold it together somewhat. Mm. I am the library manager, I absolutely get um, what libraries stand for and I couldn't be prouder to be involved in Burton Latimer Library. We are, have an amazing space. We have been totally welcomed as a new team into the town, um, and our challenge is trying to make sure that the services that we have in the library are what people in the town want from their library. We've had really good feedback, and I think all of the activities that we've put in place have been really well received. So we've got children's activities we have got citizens advice that come in we have council customer services and um, come in and support us we have food bank that people can benefit from hundreds
0: and hundreds of services that we yeah, put on every Rachel, day yeah Rachel's been telling some of the activities and some yeah, of the partners that see. you've been working with to offer those yeah. but I can see that you are really passionate about libraries. I know you've been a school librarian previously. What is it, why are you so fired up about libraries? Okay. So I absolutely love
4: what libraries stand for. Um, it's fair to say that they saved me from myself as a, a young lady. Um, I um, started in libraries when I was 15. I did my work experience. Um, I did not have a good home life at that time. And um, I came to libraries and just fell in love with what they stand for and how they assist people. Um, I think that libraries do everything that Google can't. <laughs> we are we are one of the places that stop people falling through cracks. And I think it's just a pleasure to be involved in something that is so wonderful. I love to challenge people's perspectives of what libraries are. There is no one that we wouldn't welcome through our doors. I think that libraries are the last place where you can come without money and get answers to questions. Um, We can help you with form filling. Um, But also, this is a leisure service. You can come and choose books. You can choose books in various formats. If you can't read, you can have a book to listen to. So I think a lot of my work is about challenging who uses libraries and why people use libraries um, and making sure that we have an open-door policy, regardless of what situation you find in, Mm. And returning libraries back to the people. Most libraries are funded in some sort of way from local government, and I think that our customers are somewhat paying for this service, so it's important that we manage it and make it work, but throw it back to what those customers actually need. Mm. Um, And I think it becomes quite intuitive after a while. You learn what people need, but you should always be going back out to your public and saying well what is it that you what's your expectation of a library because it's very different for mm. lots of people so going back to what my role is it's spinning plates it's spinning <laughs> plates meeting needs and thinking consistently outside of the box what can we do to keep here alive um, I remember when I was um, training I did an apprenticeship in Hertfordshire so I haven't got a degree, I have dyslexia, I have ADHD so for me this is has always been vocational um, and I was lucky enough to be supported by my team when I was younger um, and they shared their love with me for what libraries could be um, and the possibilities of that and I've just always been i've always always been passionate about Mm. it but i think we we've thrown open to our customers certainly in burton Mm. ways of them communicating their needs with us and i think we've been really responsive to that which is why i think we're so busy um it's it's great we've we've listened to we're quite um accessible Mm. so people with mobility needs tend to be able to park in the car parking and and get in yeah um, which means that they can use us self-sufficiently which is really important for somebody's well-being mm. certainly coming out of the pandemic we've listened to all sorts of people that from mums that have had babies during lockdown mm. and have become isolated so we have groups for those people to reconnect Um, people that have really been challenged with their mental health. So we've opened Wellbeing Cafe on a Thursday night and we have Mind coming in to support with that. Um, Local businesses support, um, such as Morrison's support. We're offering tea, coffee and food around that. And it's taking all of those community groups. We work with the local churches so that people of Burton benefit from us networking, really. And I think that's probably our greatest strength is that rather than groups in working isolated, that we've been able to network um, and work with one another, which is really the essence of a community-managed library, I feel. Yeah, at Library
0: Plus we have a phrase community hubs and I think you've just summed up what community hubs means there it's about bringing the community together and and helping listening to their needs like you've said and trying to put things in place to address those needs
1: and you have very much forged your own path here haven't you pretty much we've (laughs) seen that from from the sidelines since you started you you have very much forged your own path here and it's been it's been an interesting journey for us to watch but it must be fascinating for you putting something back that you took from libraries years ago Mm. you're you're putting that back in again I
4: think on a personal level this has shown me actually it's given me confidence how much I know about (laughs) libraries which I think if your brain thinks like mine this is where you're going to find home Mm. because you can be yourself and you can You can tap into what people need. It's trust, isn't it? It's always trust with libraries, building relationships with communities, building relationships with people that they're not even sure why they're in here, but they're here, Mm. you know? Um, And I think the other thing that I wanted to try and do here is you know when you go in somewhere and somebody doesn't acknowledge you mm. and it makes you feel really quite small and insignificant mm. I think there is something to be said for old-fashioned hello how are you mm. with sincerity mm. um, and I think coming out of lockdown which is when we opened here we opened here into um, not um, select and collect and yes. um, you know we couldn't have a formal opening we mm. couldn't do all of those things our customers coming through some people hadn't been out for the best part of 18 months at all and they came here first mm. and it's at that point that I realized oh my goodness you know this is something that we need to really 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 think about how we manage this and how we support those people um, because it's beyond you know this is we need to give those people care mm. um, and they've stuck with us yeah and they've offered support to other people so it's become like a
0: yeah and, a and you, do have you got know what a great, no i was gonna say you have got a great base of volunteers yeah. here which we were saying earlier is just crucial um you need that to, to be successful and, and library plus libraries need that to be successful as well and they were saying that they get so much out of volunteering and so like you say it's a whole big circle I
4: think we have, we've got around 25 volunteers, um, and those volunteers bring such a variety of skills to here, um, and they are more than happy to support us with what we need. We have people that want to help with children's groups, we have people that just want to do the washing up, we have people that are trained advisors that come and give their time freely, we have people that support us by, in terms of administration. I mean, we saw, what, 11,500 people last year, you know, coming out of a lockdown situation. That's just a, a big number. Mm. Um, we couldn't have done what we've done without the support of those volunteers. Mm. Um, and they I hope they do. They say that they have a fantastic experience. Oh, they, well, they, they,
1: they, you they can certainly see it.
0: conveyed that earlier, didn't they? You can
1: see it, Absolutely. you can see it. And the other interesting thing is you can, you can tell Heidi, you can't see us, but you can see Heidi's passion because Joe and I are literally just watching her and listening to her speak without interrupting yeah, yeah. so smiling. if you could see this it would be you must call into burton and see come and say hello to hi we have cake
4: biscuits and tea consistently <laughs> consistently that's why i came <laughs> we have every i mean every second saturday we have a cafe run by our friends group which massively support what we do they advocate for us as a library um but they support me they help resolve all sorts of things that we've had to to go through Um, but they do make the best cake (laughs) and on a second Saturday of each month um, by way of an open day more than anything we have um, that Saturday morning Rachel puts on children's activities in the library and the friends group present tea and coffee and cake that is just off you know um and they raise money for us to allow us to buy things that we need for here they're a fantastic fantastic group of people so we are very very blessed we've mm. got the friends we have got volunteers um and then there's us as paid staff mm. so we've got like a perfect team yeah um and i say all the time it's a team this mm. is an awesome team um that i'm just you know happy to be you know part of really um and i think we all bring our different experiences to that that's why
0: it works Mm. that is why it works well i think you've sold it enough oh absolutely but but we are going to ask you to do your 30 second sell now so try and sum up are you ready okay so 30 seconds about burton latimer
4: library burton latimer library is awesome you can have a cup of coffee every time you come through the door. We have tea and cake, we have the best books, the best stuff, an awesome children's library. We have all sorts of things that we'd be happy to support you with. So we have citizens advice here, local council here. You need a form filling in, come see us. You need a blue badge, a bus pass, anything that we can do to support you. Um food, chat, support,
0: come see us. Brilliant. Well That's done, it, Heidi. Yeah.
1: You managed to actually fit it all in.
0: Um, and thank you for letting us come and speak to you all no today. Worries. Well, I think Heidi really summed up what libraries are there, don't you, Phil?
1: I'm going to say, if you could see the yeah the passion that she holds for it, and we've seen it absolutely, absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah, we're just sat here smiling now. Yeah. So, another thing that we're all enthusiastic about is the Summer Six Reading Challenge. Have you finished yet, Phil?
1: Uh, not quite I he have. says hurriedly, brushing over.
0: I've actually done really well because I have been on holiday, so I've done a lot of reading. So I think I've actually exceeded. I think about eight books that I've read over the summer.
1: Okay, I, I've. I found I slept more than <laughs> I
0: read and i know that um from our social media accounts that somebody has completed the summer six challenge and is going to try and do another six as well so i know some of you have absolutely romped through the challenge um, don't forget that you've got until the 17th of september to hand in your completed reading logs at our libraries to be entered into a prize draw to win a 20 pound voucher for bookshop.org
1: okay i will get a move on
0: yeah uh, you're not eligible i'm afraid phil because you work for us
1: oh okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Okay. So, our uh, last two categories, if you want to stretch yourself further and choose a book to read for Summer Six from our suggested categories, are uh, Read a Crime and Read a Young Adult book. So, Crime, we've had some suggestions already on our Facebook page of potential good series for the crime. Oh, okay.
1: Anything interesting?
0: Yeah. So, MJ Arledge, the D.I. Grace series. And Ellie Griffiths, the Dr. Ruth Galloway books. And someone else said that they like um, Agatha Christie. And someone suggested a new book called Marple is good for Agatha Christie fans. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big crime reader, um, I must admit. But um, there's a genre of of science fiction crime, which um, I'm just going to have a dip into, I think. I'll let you know how that goes.
0: Yeah, and um, we've had Friday Digital Book Club choice before, um, book by... Anne Cleves. yes from her new series but there's obviously the Vera series and the Shetland series as well there so she's a good one to choose I really like her books
1: I have dipped into uh, the books by Ellie Griffiths before um but I tend to just perhaps go into them and then move back to my normal reading.
0: Yeah. And do you know why I romped through the reading challenge so quickly?
1: Because you picked picture books?
0: No, not, not quite. Okay. I, I went back to um, one of our digital book club titles a while back was one of the Dale's Detective series. Ah, yes. It was the second book in the series, and I can't remember how many books there are, but I, at the end of each book, there's like a cliffhanger and it sucks you into reading the next one because you want to know what happens. So I remembered that I'd really enjoyed that one from the Digital Book Club, and so I went and read book three, and then four, and then five, and so on. Ah, So I just flew through them. so you fell for it. Yeah. Yeah, you fell for it. So now I'm waiting for the next one, so hurry up. Um, But I can recommend those ones as well. What about young adult book,
1: Phil? Do you know what? I I tend not to... I, I. will confess I'm probably a little bit snobbish Um, and I've never found one of a genre that I like perhaps with Mm. with my reading kind of habits I've never Mm. found one that I've really fancied reading but that's just uh, my fault really
0: oh no there's loads I mean there's some classic young adult books that we've spoken about before you know Mallory Blackman Noughts and Crosses but there's um very popular at the moment is the Heartstoppers books um have you seen those
1: No. They've
0: been made into TV Can I feel the word
1: romance heading towards these conversations? (laughs)
0: They're great. They're really modern. They're graphic novels. Oh, okay. Um, And they've been made into a really popular TV series as well, and and they're really, really popular.
1: I'll have to have a look. Um, I read uh, Mouse, which is a graphic novel uh, which often goes into the young adult section years back. That was, that was moving and interesting.
0: Mm, I still love, we've mentioned before, I still love the point horror books, but uh, you can't get them now, only at second-hand shops.
1: Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. That was
0: my genre when I was a young adult. That ages me. <laughs> <laughs> Answers on a <the> postcard. <laughs> We're delighted to be joined by a new local author, Mark Horsley, who's written Tremors Day, and he's also acting head at Woodland View Primary School. Hello, Mark. Thanks Hello. for joining us today.
5: Oh, yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you.
0: So as we mentioned in the introduction, <laughs> you are the acting head at Woodland View Primary School, um, but you're also a local author and you've written this brilliant young adult book, Tremors Day. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. So what inspired you to write Tremors Day?
1: Well, first question, well, first oh. question, sorry. I'm married to a teacher. Where did you find the time to do this, as well as everything else you have to do as a teacher? Uh, sorry, I had to get that in. My wife needed to ask that question first.
5: <sighs> so, it, it, as we were plunged into lockdown, uh, back at the, at the very beginning, 2020 in March, um, obviously schools were suddenly set into this very unknown unknown world, like like the rest of us, and, um, and I was deputy head at the time. So we had an awful lot of work to do immediately in terms of um, sorting out school opening for key worker children and yeah, yeah. online learning to happen and all those, all those things. So um, obviously that was an incredibly busy time. And during the whole COVID uh, lockdown, we had some extremely Busy times where it was working every hour of the day, and then there were times where things were a bit quieter for a number of days where things were set up. But obviously, lots of things changed during the whole COVID lockdown, and we had to adapt and all those kind of things. So, so the first thing is, I'm sure there are lots of other people that have written lockdown books, uh, and mine wasn't written because suddenly I had all this time on my hands. It it wasn't. It was that point. But um, for me, it was really an escape. And I've um, I've been interested in literature, you know, for, for a long time. And I'm, I'm a very creative person. I, I like writing and, and I've taught English and I've been English leader at, at my school. And I love teaching creative writing and reading and all those things. So I've, I've written a lot of things in terms of passages and chapters for children and model texts, I've never written a, a book or anything. And it was um, it was really just in, in the haze of that lockdown period at a moment of not working where I wanted to do something just to take my mind off of what was going on so i found a, an image on a on a learning website that i use quite a lot through teaching that's just an interesting image that i thought okay i'm, I'm just going to write something here whether it's a paragraph or two i'm just going to write something uh, which which i did and from writing that paragraph or two i thought well, actually an idea started to develop and um, and i wrote a bit more and i wrote a bit more and suddenly I, i'd written a chapter based on this picture and um and actually, as it turned out, that chapter was sort um, of chapter two or chapter three from the book. And it just went from there, really, that I'd, I'd written this chapter, which I've done plenty of times from a teaching point of view. And I quite liked the chapter. And, and, and a story started to develop in my mind, an idea of where, oh, actually, where could this go if I wrote the next chapter? And what might have happened in the chapter before this just sort of ticking over in my mind. And um, so just during that sort of lockdown period of three or four months, I, I wrote this book on dog walks, when I took my dogs out on an evening in the sun, because it was a really hot lockdown period. Um, just again, I think from an escapism point of view to stop thinking about work and COVID and the next trip to Tesco's or whatever it was, <laughs> um, I just started to, to just, I got en- engrossed in my story. And, and by the time I would walked the dogs for 30, 40 minutes and got home, I kind of written the next chapter in my mind. And then it was a, a case of lift, lifting up the iPad lid and, and then sort of tapping away and, and, and putting it there. So there were there were certain weeks where I would have written maybe a, a chapter a day. But then I had weeks where I wrote nothing because, like I said, we were bogged down at times with, with mm-hmm. school. Um, so it kind of just it went like that. And, and the book isn't a very long book. It's only just over 100 pages and the chapters are quite short. So I was able to write it in these in these bursts. But the, the work was done really on these on these dog walks just walking out into the kind of empty streets of, of COVID lockdown and getting away from the reality of what was going on, really. And, and Yeah, that's a
0: really the- interesting way of wow. doing it, isn't it? Because you kind of think of writers being at a computer indoors and just, you know, I, I, this is the time I'm going to write and sit in there and hope the
1: inspiration is going to take yeah. you. But... Locked away in an attic with a candle and, and <laughs> you know, yeah. sweating out your art while you're doing it kind of thing. But no,
0: that's... This, that's... this is where I
5: think if I've thought about, um, obviously I've, I've got a job and this was something I did on, on the side and I've, and I've written one one book and I really enjoyed the process and it made me think that if at some point I stopped working in the school, you know, would, would I turn to try and write more? And, and just the thought of it brought on perhaps, you know, pressure of if it was your job to wake up and to, like you said, turn on the laptop, mm. sit there in the conservatory or wherever you are, right, I need to start writing now, brilliance needs to happen. Whereas actually, um, the fact that there was zero pressure on me at all, I, I, it's not my, my job to write, I was doing it purely because I enjoyed it. And it wasn't actually until halfway through that I thought I would actually finish it. I never, it took a very long time for me to think, actually, I'm, I'm going to make this story finish i was for, for two months i was just writing because i enjoyed writing mm. and i wasn't even thinking that it would be a story that finished or a book that would be published that was not on my mind for for half of it it was just i'm oh, quite enjoying writing the story I'll, I'll write a bit more oh, what would the next chapter be in? and it just went from there so there was zero pressure and it was just done I, I put it down when it when weeks were too busy and didn't think about it and then it came back when i i needed that escape again
0: I mean, it's a really interesting idea. It's you kind of think, oh, why has no one sort of thought of this before? <laughs> yeah, I was
5: wondering if
1: you're, a, are you a like a science fiction or a dystopian reader? Do you do you like that idea, or was it just an idea that came to you?
5: I, I do like, I'm, I'm, I do like that. I do like sci-fi. I'm, I'm interested in that to to a point. I, I like um, thinking of original ideas. That's when I get hooked on things, whether that's a book or whether that's a, the next, you know, series out there on telly or a film. I think I like a unique idea. I like something original that, that hasn't been done before. And then I'm in, and then it's up to the, the book or the, the film or the, or the box set to keep <laughs> yeah. my attention really. And I, I might give up if I, if I lose interest or, or keep going. So, so definitely I'm interested in the sci-fi I'm, among other things. I think it's probably the only thing I would write about, I think, I, I don't know why, but I, I quite enjoy it. And, um, and really it was just, it was that idea that was the, the starting point.
0: Yeah. Um, and then it went from there. so those people that haven't read it and why not it's a great book get it now um it's about um kind of the idea of an earthquake um tremors and how there's no calendar we have no christmas on a set day no birthdays because you just work on a calendar of when the next tremors day is going to be and i thought that was such a, a good idea and it really gripped me from the beginning that that whole oh, wow having no birthdays or christmas and no academic year for a school teacher um I'm trying to cram it all like into the, the short time or stretching it out over a long period
1: when i first read it i same as joe i'm kind of going what a genius what a genius idea you oh. know it it's i'm then trying to look into it and go hmm is this something to do with covid is is you know is there a deep psychological you know we've upset the norm um type yeah. thing but uh, it it feels as if you had fun writing it as well.
5: Absolutely. I think the things I, I, I quite I quite like it when um, a world is created and there's no justification. I don't try and at no point do I mention it's the year 2074 or whatever. I, I don't say we're in England. I don't say we're in wherever. Mm. I, I like where you don't bind bind yourself to things like that. You, you create a world and people can buy into it. You don't need to try and give them too much To then hang you on it and say, Well, actually, hang on a minute, that can't be right. You, You just create a world and it is what it is. But then within that world that you create that is interesting, so there's an interesting concept to it. In this case, there's a calendar building up to the next tremors day where devastation will happen across the world and everyone just builds up to it, whether it's 100 days away or 400 days away or whatever. So that's the world we're in. There's no big justification to how we got to this point, but here we are in this world. And then you bring out the normal people. Mm. so the normal characters again i haven't given clues away to the fact that it's 100 years in the future 100 years in the past but we've got a character lauren and she's got a mother and she's in this world and it's not her fault she's here but this is where she is and this is going to happen to her Mm. and now how does she deal with it and that's it so so taking a a unique world but putting normal people in it was the sort of thing i I quite like that without trying to prove to people why they're there or how they're there it's just it doesn't matter they're there a bit like yeah. game of thrones they're just there aren't they and, and it, and, it and did remind thinking? me and,
0: and... as well sorry we we spoke to a local author john mars i don't know if you've read any of uh, john mars's books but they're all kind of set where there's enough normality that we can recognize like you've just said and then there's like this this element that's a bit futuristic so you kind of think that could happen that that could be and like you say with tremors i mean thankfully touch wood we're not in that world where it's tremors (laughs) day but you know with covid just coming out of the blue like you say, there's enough normality in the book that you can kind of think that could happen that's
1: what makes it good is is that it's an everyday everyday people you know everyday living but you've taken something that is a norm and completely thrown it. Yeah. And I, and I found it. Are you, are you, can you please do a, a longer adult version as well, then, now? Because I'm really <laughs> intrigued by it, really. Uh,
5: I also think it, uh, I, again, I haven't, I haven't, Um, I've, I've started thinking of a different story and, and it's kind of been halted with the busyness of work, to be honest. And it's something that I'd like to come back to. But I also think with, with Tremors Day, there's potential there for a little series because yeah. there's, yeah. You know there's there's going to be several Tremors Days or, or numerous tremor day Tremors Day or or this because this one was the 14th Tremors Day. You know, there was the first one at some point. The second one, there's there's going to be the one that caused the most damage. There's going to be the one that lasted the most hours. And so there's there's a little bit of scope to come yeah. back to it. No, and, I, I and was going to say, are you
0: are you going to do a sequel? Because there's also this character in the woods that with this yeah. house in the middle of the yeah. water and they helped. But we still don't know a lot about this person and... that's
1: terrible of you you've left us hanging with all yeah. sorts of questions so that's, I, it's I awful there's
0: definitely scope there to return to that character and develop them a bit more find out what is going on and, and like you say over a series gradually you can find out more and more about them
5: and this is it. another thing again and this is the first bit i've written but i've done a lot of creative writing in the past and, I've, and i'm interested in storytelling and stuff like that. And, and for me again it's about um I, I wanted to raise questions and I don't think you people need to answer every question sometimes I, I get frustrated with things I read or or watch where there's lots of interesting questions raised mm. and then you get to the end of of it and, and they're trying to answer everything mm. and, and sometimes it ruins it because the most interesting part is having the questions raised and wondering mm. and thinking and yes, you've got to give back and you have got to give some answers. You've got to move things forward, but getting that balance right. So again, raising little clues along the way, little mm. interesting things that um, that didn't necessarily get completely um, tied up with a bow. And yeah. actually there's a scope there to come back. And and if there was another Tremors Day book, maybe the centre character is that, that man in the, the house on the river. And maybe it's based on his story and yeah. um, so on and it's different viewpoints. So, I mean, I've... This, I've I've started sort of storm, brainstorming an idea for something different because, again, I, I get I do get bored of things. I'm, I'm very good at watching a film for 20 minutes or reading a book for three chapters. <laughs> I do get bored of things. I've, I've probably started yep. and unfinished more things than I've started and finished. Yep. So once I wrote this book, immediately the last thing I wanted to do was think about the next challenge. Yeah. So I actually wanted to do something completely different um, and, and think about a different idea to, to kind of catch my interest. But like I've said, the way that I've written it and, and the fact that it is quite a short story, short chapters, and it doesn't answer everything. It was in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe in the future yeah. I could easily come back and do a do um volume two or or prequel to it or whatever. So something yeah. that I might come back to again.
1: I don't know about you, Joe, but I didn't see the no spoiler, I didn't see the last chapter coming.
0: Wow, I can't no, I didn't. But I, I did hope that they would develop friendship and and find each because obviously
1: no, it never occurred to but me. But
5: no,
0: no, yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't and spoil that,
1: it. That, no, no, no.
5: That's uh, oh, thank you. And that, that last chapter could be the first chapter of the next book. Yeah, you know that that could start the next story potentially. It's yeah. so much
0: scope, and visually, uh, so sadly, it's podcast, so you can't see it. <laughs> but you need to buy the book, and then you can see it. It is such a striking um, cover, but also throughout the book, the artwork linking it to the, the cover and, and the story with being set a lot in the forest. So just to describe it to the listeners, so we've got this vivid green cover with black silhouettes of trees yeah, yeah. either side. And then as you read reading the book, those silhouettes of the trees are d- dotted through the new chapters on the actual page linking it really well so where did that come from
5: so th- this was obviously a brand new thing for me I've not written a book before I've not done the whole process before and um but I that the, the publishing company that this is uh, that's done this book is the book guild so that that's who I worked with so this was all brand new to me and, and it was a really interesting process that again took from actually me finishing it on my iPad mm. to it being in print was um was it was a year? You know, it was, it was a long time mm. uh, as a process. So part of that process was uh, working with various different people with the publishing company in terms of, like you've mentioned, early artwork, the front cover, the back cover, the marketing side of it, the blurb, and all those kind of things. So, so that was really a conversation from the artists that work for the book guild in terms of what sort of things would you like for a front and back cover. I think I suggested three or four ideas that were in my mind, mm. and then they came back with an idea. I said, oh yeah, I like that. But actually, you know, maybe can this bit be different? And then they come back with a different idea. So mm. it wasn't much, but probably, uh, you know, a two or three way conversation mm. that um where they took one of my four ideas, put mm. it into a front cover. I loved the green. I loved the front cover and back cover straight away. I thought it was really striking. In the sort of book that would stand out on a bookshelf. Absolutely, I, I yeah. thought, it was, thought it was great. Finish uh, should say yeah. that we we, we did a podcast
1: life. previously, and and we had um. People that were visually impaired. And it made me realize that we take a lot of visual clues for granted. And that's why yeah. the cover of your book, like Joe said, it was eye-catching and it drew you in because of that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it made me appreciate after talking to the visually impaired readers, how much that is important as well in you know, in books and 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 how we choose them and, and an insight into the book itself. So mm-hmm. It made me rethink how I view books, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and how I choose them to read.
5: Mm. I mean, we all know the saying, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> but I, I just know, for me, as a child, yeah. I, I would be looking at covers. And I know my, my daughter's a bit of a reluctant reader. She's um, dyslexic and she finds it very difficult to read. She's got visual stress. It's quite an effort. And so she, a bit like me, really, she's given up on a lot of books that haven't immediately caught her interest. And when I've been book shopping with her, for her, it's all like the front cover. What's the title? What's the front cover? So I think that is part of it. I think, obviously, you, you then got to get people, once once they've picked it off the shelf, they're going to read the blurb. And mm-hmm. uh, once they've read the blurb, that's the next thing to try and win. They're going to start maybe reading the first page. And, and they're sort of the, the wins that go in that kind of order. And ultimately, if it's a know if it's not a good story people aren't going to read it but i think um i think having a striking front cover from the beginning just to maybe catch the eye especially it's aimed at this sort of young adult teenage audience
0: yeah and you, you mentioned about the um the shorter chapters and, and they're in bursts and, and definitely that is really good for reluctant readers and, and people with dyslexia to, to keep them engaged in that book. It's not a, a massive challenge to get to that end of that chapter. And, and also I think it, it draws you in more as well. Cause you, Oh, I'll just read another chapter. I'll just
1: read another chapter. So it was think- a poem at the beginning. If that, if you wrote that, that I read that and went, I'm going to like this. That's yeah, got I me. Do, I do
5: like that. I, I do. Um, I've I've written poetry in the past, but just again as a hobby, just I've just quite I quite like doing that sort of thing. I'm quite interested in that. I'm quite a bit of a poetry fan. So um I wanted to get a little bit of poetry in there somewhere. And I thought again, <laughs> going back to that, getting them off, you know, how do you hook people in? You hook them in from the first bit they're going to do, the next bit they're going to do, and just just the little rhyme at the beginning again just to set the tone, maybe what's going to happen next.
0: So we mentioned obviously your acting head um, at your school, and that you've been involved in literacy as well, heavily in in the school. Why do you think it's so important for young people to to get that passion for reading at an early
5: age? I think there's um, there's sort of there's different answers to that. I mean, one of them is just from a mechanical point of view. I think if you if you struggle with reading, you're going to struggle with so many things in life in general in terms mm. of. You know, reading important letters that come through the post when you're 25 years old, and, and if you struggle with reading and, and you're not going to um to take in the information or be reluctant to do, I, I think mechanically, obviously, you need to to really be able to read well, just just to, to cope with life, and um and also from a from a school point of view, with the different subjects, you need to be able to um to read things across the board in all sorts of in on all the subjects really. So from that mechanical point of view, it's really important. But also it goes much deeper than that in terms of having a love for books and loving reading and inspiring people, creativity, um, teaching them to, to values and role models and whether that's purely nonfiction. And I actually, as a child myself, I quite like nonfiction. I quite like a book about space or a book about whatever. Yeah. you know, I, I like information books. I was quite into that as well. Um, and I found it harder to read fiction books, to be honest, because I I, I like the short, sharp information. Give me mm. facts, give me interesting facts sort of thing. Um, but in, in terms of um, fiction, just opening people's minds, really. And and we see it that our, often in school, our best writers are, are often our best readers as well. And they've got that broad range of vocabulary, that broad range of imagination. But it's just, um, you know, there's a there's limitless... Positives. So I think from, from the earliest age, you need to immerse children in books and stories and make that a make that something that they can that can take on easily without suddenly being 13 years old and, and trying to convince them that reading is important. I think you've got to catch them early, inspire them as best as you can, whether yeah. that's visits or, or showing them the films as well as the story versions and comparing them, have dress-up days. Lots of our work that we do in our school, our, our units for our English teaching are purely based on stories. So they'll do six weeks on a, um, you know, fantastic Mr. Fox. They'll spend six weeks on that book and they'll do their all their work kind of feeds into the story. And, they, and they've all got class copies so that there's 30 copies for the children and one each and they read it as they go and all the rest of it. So just catching them early and, and the, the benefits are limitless.
0: Mm. Yeah, certainly when we spoke to Read Easy, um, because they support exactly adults. That. Yeah, adults that didn't learn to read, and they support them to learn to read as adults. And they were saying about how, yeah, it has such an, an impact from the everyday things that you said about just reading letters and things, but also affects life chances. Yeah, and, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you 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 know, we're avid readers, and we we take reading for granted. And I think talking to some of the people we have on podcast, it it makes you realize you shouldn't take things for granted and should appreciate you know the the, the fact that we can and, and that we do um and like you say from your perspective getting them into reading at, at an early age is is so important mm-hmm. does, does that make you worry though that some of your harshest critics are going to be the children at your school
5: well we are, yeah we um obviously working in a school gave me direct access to a, to a little <laughs> an audience meeting. and the book the book itself tremors Day is is aimed at, um, at older children yeah. sort of 13 14 but I'd obviously promoted it here at school and um, and my year six is. Um, at school did a promo video for it we've got an immersive room with a green screen and and each child read a sentence of the first chapter so we did a recording of the first chapter and every child in year six was part of that we had background music and sound effects and stuff like that so they helped me kind of promote it to our (laughs) school community and were part of that which was lovely and it's in our library and and so different children lots of different children at school have, have read it obviously and um, they've all said kind things. Now that might be because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a deputy head last year and acting head now, so they probably all said kind things anyway. Mm. But they have. It's been really lovely talking to children and, and them saying things to me like, oh, I really like the bit when lauren did da I really like this bit. Um, so it's been lovely having conversations with children. Because so, I guess a lot of authors would write books for children and they might not get direct access to, lots of to read the book and get that feedback. Mm. So um, so that that's been. That's been really, really good as well.
1: Yeah, I bet. And and the staff have been generally <laughs> interested yeah, as well. This,
5: yeah, it was a yeah, it was great to, to do that. I, I remember it was it was in on a training day that they didn't know that I'd written a book until it was due for publication. I hadn't told anybody other than my family. No nobody knew that I was writing anything. And um and up until the point where I think it was about six weeks before, that's when I started I was telling people, oh, by the way I've written a book and it's coming out in six weeks. And um, and we asked the staff during a training day, "Do you think Mark has one Um, over the summer holidays, been on uh whatever a particular game show? Two, um, <laughs> got a job with the DFE, or three, written a book? And out of the sort of twenty-five teachers, only one of them written the book.' Um, <laughs> most, most of them thought I'd been on a game show over the summer holidays, <laughs> and the air and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a surprise to people. So they're quite excited about it. And and their questions were. Um, well, when did you find time to write? A book? Yeah, that <laughs> right, was that was that was the question, and again, I had to say, well, actually, it was just in on dog walks, really, little yeah. little bits here and there over a period of time. And yeah. um...
0: well, I know uh, one of your colleagues is very supportive because they were the ones that uh, highlighted you to me. So yeah,
5: <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm very appreciative indeed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, well thank you so much for joining us today mark it's been really really interesting to to learn about today yeah. and uh, and again to just highlight we've been reading, doing the summer reading challenge in libraries over the summer um to keep children reading in that long holiday so it's great to talk about the importance of reading and and this brilliant book yeah. and it's good that we the children have got passionate teachers at, at schools like yourself that, that do encourage them to read go as far as writing their own book as well so
5: yes we've had a few in school saying uh mr horsley i've started my book and and so on so that that's that's brilliant i think that's what it's about isn't it wherever you are if you can inspire children to do to do good things that's that's great
1: yeah absolutely thank you
0: thanks mark
1: thanks thank you very
5: much
0: so that brings us to the end of this episode and the end of the series and the end of the summer six
1: yeah that's a real shame it's gone really quick and i for one have really enjoyed it
0: we're not abandoning you avid readers completely don't forget that we've still got the digital book club running every month and this month's book is the startup wife by tamina anna and uh, that is available on BorrowBox as ebook and e book with no waiting. And um, please do let us know on our Facebook page how you're finding our Digital Book Club titles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let us know your thoughts. And BorrowBox now has got a new feature you might not have discovered yet, e-magazines. So we have got PressReader, which is an app where you can get free newspapers and magazines to download. But uh, you can also get it in your BorrowBox app as well now. I'll have a look. Definitely. So do follow us on Twitter at library underscore plus on Facebook at library plus reading challenge and on Instagram at North Hance libraries. And do subscribe to this podcast because then as another series pops up, it'll automatically appear in your feed.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We'd like to, we'd like to meet you again. Bye. Bye.